Maybe fifth time is a try, as they say. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm your host, Jethro Jones, and I'm going to do something a little bit different today. I'm just going to talk, and I'm not used to that on this podcast because I typically interview people, but a lot of people have told me I should do a little closeout here. And the reason I'm doing a closeout is because I... um am fortunately and excited about a new opportunity of going to Fairbanks, Alaska to be the principal of Tanana Middle School. And it's going to be pretty awesome. I'm looking forward to it. And what I'm going to close out here are some of the things that we've done at Kodiak Middle School over the last three years that I've been here. And if you've been following me on Twitter, you've probably seen that I've posted that we have uh, done at least 34 initiatives at the school since I came here. And that seems like a lot in three years. That's like one every month and including the summertime. (laughs) And that can, that can be a lot for sure. But the things that we've done, we were ready for. I don't believe we moved too fast and I'm just really proud of, of what has been accomplished. And You know, before you think that I'm just tooting my own horn here, I really want you to know that there's no way that I could have done this without the uh, supportive staff and teachers of Kodiak Middle School, the great assistant principal, Damon Hargraves, that I had, and my current assistant principal, Melissa Halfman, who's also been awesome. Um, There's no way I could have done this without those people um, being there doing the work with me this whole time. In addition, I couldn't have done it without the great support of a superintendent who always had my back and let me do my crazy ideas, um, even when they weren't his ideas. And I'm very grateful that Stuart McDonald, my superintendent, and Marilyn Davidson, my assistant superintendent, were there having my back, not to mention all the support staff in the district. Um, and it's just amazing the support that's there. So what I'm going to do is is read through my uh, last second to last board report to our school board where I talk about the uh, data that we have collected that has been really powerful. And if you go to transformativeprinciple.org, you'll be able to see the pictures that I'm uh, that I'm going to be referencing in here and. So I'm going to get right into it. Number one, we're going to talk about remediation um, data. And despite our best efforts with some of our kids, sometimes they come to us with gaps or holes in their education. And that's unfortunate, but sometimes they just need those gaps filled. And sometimes they just need some additional time to be able to do that. And what's been amazing about our student success over the last three years is that we have found ways to individualize our school to support what students need when they need it. That has been like our rallying cry for the last three years here. Give students what they need when they need it from co-teaching to giving them extra time to the tutorial system that you can hear more about in episode 100 of this podcast at transformativeprincipal.org slash episode 100 to foundations classes to special education. We give the kids what they need when they need it. And I got to tell you, that is awesome. I just love it. Um, 
one of our foundations classes uh, last year existed solely to give kids additional time. And for our eighth grade students that um, came in below grade level and not proficient at grade level, um, those students by the end of the year, the eighth graders were able to be all on grade level by the end of the year. Have you, if you use AIMSWeb, you know what those tier transition report triangles look like. Have you ever seen one of them that is 100% green? <laughs> it's amazing. It is so awesome. And I'm so proud of our teachers for giving students that extra time and rearranging other class schedules so that that could happen. Second, our English language learners use a program called Imagine Learning, and many of you probably use that because it's pretty popular. But it's a fantastic program that really helps our students um, who are learning English be very successful. And it accelerates their growth and does awesome. And we were recognized as a top 10% school by Imagine Learning, um, which means that we are using it a lot. And our students are improving in their language acquisition skills. One thing real quick about tutorial is um, it's it's been amazing to see the growth uh, from our teachers who have been implementing that. And one of my teachers who uh, has been on the podcast helped me interview someone. Um, she did a uh, tutorial where she did a pre-assessment and determined that 64 of her 123 uh, students were not ready for the Pythagorean theorem in her eighth grade math class. Now, that's a pretty important thing to be able to learn, even though we don't use it all that often. Well, at least I don't. <laughs> but it's a pretty important thing to learn. It's a big concept that... Um, paves the way for for a lot of growth in future math, and it, it matters. And to have more than half of our students not at a readiness level for that, that's, um, that's pretty alarming. And so what she did is she used a tutorial to target the right kids at the right time and give them what they needed so that they could be successful. And then she did a post-assessment after she got them in a tutorial gave them the support for two weeks, got them, taught them in the class, and and then did an assessment at the end and saw that only 15 out of 123 were not um, proficient at that score or at that uh, standard. How amazing is that? Um, she was able to go from most kids not being ready or, or being ready for it and more than half the kids not being ready for it to only 15 students who were not proficient enough to move on. Man, that is inspiring. And that's just one example. And there are many more like that. One of the other things that we did is we created a data wall in our school. And I remember, um, talking to our teachers about, uh, what the tier transition report in AIMSWeb actually meant. And they didn't actually know how to read it and had never been taught what to, they should be looking for. And so we got started on that and we started keeping track of our data and looking at what it meant and identifying the kids who were not um, where they should be. And then um, we put up on the wall 
and uh, looked at it and saw it whenever we were in the collaboration space that we have. So we were able to see um, using full-year data so we could see what the growth was, and this was last year's full-year data. Um, our sixth graders on the MCAP went from uh, 60, 59 proficient to 74 proficient. Our seventh graders, they went from 39% proficient to 56% proficient. And the um, eighth graders went from 59% proficient to 74% proficient over the course of the year. And again, you can look at transformativeprinciple.org and see the show notes for this, and these images are in there also. But what's really amazing is I want to contrast that with the um, scores that we got in 2013-2014, the year before I got here, and see how much growth we saw in these kids compared to that. So MCAP, Math Concepts and Applications, was for 6th grade 47% proficient, and by the end of the year, 40% were proficient. For 7th grade, 45% were proficient. And by the end of the year, 50% were proficient. And 8th grade, 51% at the beginning of the year and 46% at the end of the year. And instead of having a downward trend as we had in those in those previous years, we were able to see an upward trend and... That's pretty amazing. Now, it's not just about tests, though, right? It's not just about the data. It's not just about um, that. It's about recognizing that our kids are people and they matter and what they feel and what they experience matters. And so we need to be aware of that and recognize that there's more to it than that. So... One of the other things that we do is we have the advanced ed accreditation system that that teaches us how to continually improve. And we've taken the school climate and connectedness survey in uh, Kodiak Island Borough School District for many years. And there are a few areas when I got here, we were we take it in the spring and review it in the fall the next year. So one of the early things that I did um, was got exposed to that school climate and connectedness survey data um, for Kodiak Middle School my first school year here. And one of the areas where we saw a lot of um, a downward trend that was alarming was uh, in caring adults. And we saw that students' perception was that adults did not care as much. And so we did a whole bunch of stuff to say, how do we show that we do care and we've implemented those things. And then by the spring of that same school year, um, our results when the students took that, um, survey again had gone up from where they were at the previous, uh, previous high in 2010. So they went from a high in 2010 to a low in 2014 to a higher than 2010 uh, time period or rating on that caring adults. So we started doing things that really worked. And that's pretty cool. That felt really good because our kids need to know that we care about them. Um, and so we made some improvements and 
We've also added in other things like home visits, trauma-informed strategies, social-emotional learning, flexible seating, standing in the hallways during passing period, using student first language, leaving notes on lockers for the first day of school and Valentine's Day, and many, many more individual and Herculean efforts by our staff and the teachers. We saw that data continue to improve. And then after these results for the School Climate Connectedness Survey um, uh, results are returned, we spend that fall time going over things. And one of the things that we decided as a, as a team um, in 2015 was that we don't, this was a, one of our belief statements, we don't want to just produce compliant students. We want students who understand the need and value in positive behavior in school and beyond. And for us to come together and, and recognize that is pretty powerful. And so we changed our school rules from being these negative focused, um, compliance driven, uh, rules to be safe, be respectful, be responsible. And if a student's doing anything that is not in one of those three categories, then you know you're out of line and you need to address it. Uh, an adult needs to address it and, it creates a really great framework to ask kids, are you being safe? Are you being respectful? Are you being responsible? And when kids are given that kind of questioning, they know what the right answer is and they know how to say they're not. And sometimes, yeah, they do try to say, yeah, I'm being safe by jumping off of this big ledge. No, they they know that they're being silly and they get back on task for the most part really well. Uh, one of the other great things that came from out of these conversations about our struggle to help students know that adults cared was that our attendance secretary knew who was absent the day before, and she did a great job of saying hello to all those kids when she saw them come back. But not everybody else always knew, and sometimes if you didn't have that student in your class, but you knew who that student was, you might not know that they had been absent the day before. So what she does every single morning is she sends a list of the kids who were absent the day before and reminds teachers to call the student by name, say hello, let them know that we missed them. We had read research that said letting kids know that you miss them is one of the things that will um, make your your students feel like adults care. And sure enough, that's that's what happened, and and that has continued to go up. You know, one of the other areas of the school climate connectedness survey that was low was a staff perceptions about school leadership. In fact, that was the lowest in the whole district for the middle school um, the spring before I came here. And so I knew that we had dedicated teachers who um, could do amazing things. And so I started a building leadership team after looking at the data um, here and got teachers involved in a distributed leadership and shared leadership approach that I think really helps them feel valued and feel like they are part of the decision-making process because they are. And it is a really powerful way to not only make great decisions, but also institutionalize the things that are happening so that it's not just 
coming from the superintendent or coming from the principal. It's something that we're talking about as a group. The tutorial system, the tier two interventions that we do because of that, that all came out of that leadership team identifying an issue and designing a way for us to overcome that issue. And what a powerful, awesome experience that has been. So that's been a really great thing. And and since that initial uptick in 2015, because I don't think I said that, that's what happened. Um, we got a pretty significant uptick in the survey responses on that for 2015 after we started that building leadership team. The results have continued to go up. And in fact, um, the results of the staff perceptions of the things that actually went up in the latest uh, um, school climate connectedness survey was staff perceptions of respectful climate, school safety, student involvement, and school leadership and involvement. All of those went up in the last year. And so it's exciting to see those things actually happen. So I finally made it through a recording of this. I started it a bunch of times and just felt silly talking about myself like this, but I, I, I can't stress enough that this is not um, about me personally, that this is a team working together. And we know that culture trumps strategy all the time. That's something that Bill Daggett teaches um, and many others do also. Uh, but that's one of his, his catchphrases. And we know that that happens. And when we can find a way to adjust the culture and make these great things happen for our kids and, and get our own egos out of the way so that we can do what's right for our kids, it is a really powerful thing to experience. So part of all of this is as a principal, you've got so much to do and I probably should have talked about this at the beginning also, but thanks for still listening. (laughs) As a principal, there are so many different facets that you have to pay attention to. And um, I call that the school experience. And what does the school experience look like for all of those different stakeholders? That is the whole purpose of the Transformative Leadership Summit that is happening later this year. I just opened the website for early registration. You are welcome to go check that out. We've got some amazing speakers lined up for it. Um, And I'm in the process of recording and interviewing those people right now. And it's going to be fantastic. Jeff Sewell, John Harper, Josh Spodek, Mike Anderson, Paul Erickson, Tom Hirk, Glenn Robbins, Justin Bader, and a whole bunch of other amazing people. So I encourage you to go to transformativeleadershipsummit.com, sign up for that awesome event that's going to happen this year, and learn about how to improve the experience of school for the different stakeholders, parents, students, teachers, and of course you as the administrator, because You've got to have your experience good as well. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. This feels very uncomfortable to me. I hope that it comes across better than it feels. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.